2: To the Roto-Wire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Clay Link, here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. And James, last pod of the regular season, it's uh it's good, man. We made it through. We made it.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of nice, actually. I'm, I'm sure there are some listeners that are bummed that we're not going to continue through the off season, but uh, I think for you and I, it's it's a nice little break.
2: Yeah. I, you know, not only from the pod, but just baseball in general. As much as I love baseball, like, I need to breathe. And I'm excited for postseason baseball, too. Plus the, like, anxiety and the stress of these, you know, grinding out these couple leagues uh, can weigh on you. I, I find myself at night trying to distract myself.
1: Yeah, I'm in, I'm in two uh, leagues where it's it's getting really, really tense here over these, over these final uh, three days and um yeah I'm, I'm hopefully hopefully everything works out for the best for for both of our squads but yeah it's definitely going to be sweating it out there uh hopefully until sunday night yeah i could you know if i'm not careful i could find myself just
2: refreshing the standings on, on various apps all night so i have to to do something I've taken to reading again. <laughs> it's kind of nice, but today on the pod James we we're going to look back at some of our preseason. I actually think this was like way this was back to last. this was
1: like around this time last yeah. year because I was looking at it and I was like how did I have <laughs> clint frazier and Derek fisher on the team they weren't even prospect eligible i think we did it with like a week to go and those guys still were uh see, technically yeah. prospect eligible so um yeah this was from about a year ago today that we did this draft of of hitters and pitchers
2: well you tallied up all the stats and you put a hurting on me and that's why you're the man um <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're the man when it comes to prospects and just in general but yeah we'll kind of go team by team here and just kind of down the list but man my pitching i got basically zeros from two-thirds of my staff
1: yeah let's actually just start with your pitching i think that's like a a fun place to start because we each we, we each drafted uh 10 hitters 10 pitchers and uh, so the the categories on the pitching side were innings, ERA, WHIP, strikeouts, and wins. And of your ten pitchers, you only had three that made an appearance in the big leagues this year. And it actually kind of worked out well for you in the ERA and WHIP category because one of those guys was Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Uh but you also had chance Adams and uh, Steven Gonsalves who did their best to make it close in the ratios. But uh, in the end, they just didn't have the the quantity of innings to really weigh down Flaherty's performance.
2: Yeah. I mean, Gonsalves 16 and 21 in the third earned runs. It's not great. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine, you know, I got Flaherty within six and two thirds from chance Adams just over twenty from Gonsalves. Not not great, but Jack Flaherty was awesome this year, and I really feel like you know a lot of attention is being paid in these two early mocks to guys like Snell as as is deserved. Uh, Luis Castillo and some others. I feel like Flaherty and Walker Bueller. You know, I think he's very much in that mix,
1: but he's not being priced up yet quite as high as those guys. Yeah, are you are you looking at him as kind of like a a mid? mid tier SP two, like a, a bottom yeah, like tier SP. Top one hundred
2: ish player, maybe like a top eighty player. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean I think if you if you value Flarity in that kind of eighty to eighty to hundred range, I think you're gonna end up with them in I don't know, like half your drafts probably because uh like you said, there's just there's trendier names. There's there's people are talking a lot about Walker Bueller, talking a lot about German Marquez and uh guys like that and like you said rightfully so but uh you know flarity to me is just a very kind of steady safe option who isn't gonna hurt you anywhere and he's gonna strike out probably around a a batter an inning maybe a little bit more than that yeah one
2: thing that's you know a lot of people probably point to it's obvious is that he's you know at least according to the estimators he's been performing over his head a little bit this season uh, phipps at 385 series 316 uh sierra's at 352 so i think
1: that's that's basically just attributable to his home runs uh well i was gonna say his strand rate and yeah. his walk rate uh, yeah the home
2: runs are a little troubling though in the walks i mean i think he can overcome it but is he a guy that you see being able to outpitch the peripherals year after year
1: i i think he's more of like a three five era type of guy next year um but i i believe in him giving you a a plus whip like a, a whip under you know one two possibly mm-hmm. and you know the strikeouts are there uh over a full season he, he probably gets a double digit win so uh that's just you know it's just a steady guy to have as your sp i w- you know i think ideally he's like your sp3 mm-hmm. uh you ideally get you know, one pitcher in your first four or five picks, another guy maybe right after that, and then you, you get Flaherty uh, at the back half of the top 100. But if you go hit, hitters early and you end up going Flaherty, say, like in the, the 80s or 90s, and then you get another pitcher after him, it could work out too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, some of the arms that I took ahead of him, I'm embarrassed to say, but a lot of this has to do with injury. But Brent Honeywell, Forrest Whitley, A.J. Puck, I was really on Puck. Thought he especially after spring training, thought he'd come up make a big impact, and it did look like he was on that trajectory to come up and help quite a bit with the A's this season. But Tommy John knocked him out. So among those three, I think you're still highest on
1: Whitley long term. But between Puck and Honeywell, which side do you lean? <laughs> uh, I think I have them back to back in the top 400. um Oh wow! I didn't. That's get the time, yeah. So so I, so I have Puck at. 40th and honeywell at 41st so uh puck just because i, I think he's got a, a slightly higher upside but i think Honeywell's just a really safe bet to be a uh, sp3 once he's fully healthy um i should should add that the the top 400 update for the season is finally complete i finally was able to plug all that in uh today i had a lot of lot of stuff going on but that's that's all up to date um yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong with those two. I I, I have my doubts about how much they're going to produce next year. I think I'd probably prefer Honeywell over Puck next year just because, uh, you know, Puck, you know, there was a lot of buzz that he was going to uh, be up in the big leagues in the first half last year before uh, he needed Tommy John surgery. But he doesn't have a ton of innings above high A, whereas Honeywell you know, spent all of 2017 at AAA pretty much. So I think once Honeywell is healthy, he probably spends you know, a month in the minors and then maybe he's up. Uh, granted, it's the Rays. So if he's not fully healthy until, say, late June, early July, something like that, maybe they maybe they just send him to AAA for the rest of the season. But if I had to bet on one of those two to be impactful for fantasy next year, I think it would be Honeywell.
2: You know, I think one of the
1: overriding themes
2: or lessons, if you will, uh, to take from this, I mean, just looking at my top three guys, Forrest Whitley, he had some injuries too, but the suspension was a big re- big issue for, for him this season. But Honeywell, Puck, and then some of the guys you took with your first couple of picks, Alex Reyes, Michael Kopek, just – stresses again just how volatile these pitching prospects really are because pitching is such an unnatural thing and man it just seems like you know as high as we are on some pitching prospects you have to almost account for a lost season here or there in their, early on in their career
1: right and that's why I only have in my top 25 I only have three pitching prospects in the top 25 mm. and you know, two of those guys are going to be people we could see next year. I mean, I know everyone's excited for Jesus Lizardo. Uh I'm really excited for Forrest Whitley. But, yeah, I think it's just a, you know, how much do you have to spend to get these guys in a redraft? You know, the price on Walker Buehler and the price on Jack Flaherty was very, very affordable. Yeah. So, you know, that makes some sense. Uh, the price on, like an Alex Reyes last year, uh, not so much. I mean, you were really kind of, you, he needed to give you a good, you know, 100 innings or so uh, to make that worth it. So uh, it's something to just keep in mind when you're contemplating kind of making a splashy pick with a guy like Jesus Lizardo early in your draft. Yeah, or trades, definitely. Yeah, um,
2: It seems obvious, but it means people still talk themselves into – you know guy being a surefire bet and you know that a ucl can go in a second so um chance adams you know not not really needed much this year um in the bullpen or in the rotation but mitchell white what was his story i've not been
1: he out. had a mitchell white awful first half he missed time with injury then he came back and was was really bad uh but he finished pretty strong i think over his last seven or eight starts he had an era under three a pretty good whip he doesn't strike out a ton of guys which is why he's in the back half of my top 300 or my top 400 i should say um yeah i mean he he's i think he was a double a the whole time so might we might not even see him next year i think that he's kind of a number four type of guy if, if everything goes well and a number four for the Dodgers is is probably better than a number four for most teams, but uh, a guy whose stock has definitely faded quite a bit since we did this draft.
2: Tristan McKenzie was another guy I, I got in this one. A real sharp move. I mean, pretty good numbers. He his ERA was almost a full run lower than his FIP at Double A. That Indians pitching staff historic in that. And four members reached 200 k's is he a guy that you could see them maybe shipping in the
1: offseason uh possibly i think that you know i definitely think that they preferred him to a guy like francisco mejia when they were doing those brad hand talks so it would have to be for a pretty impactful player I, i mean teams just very rarely are willing to part with their top young arms especially when they've groomed him and, and gotten him to the point where mckenzie is where he's you know he might open next year triple a and then all of a sudden you know maybe he maybe he gets the big leagues uh, around the same time shane Bieber did this year i mean a guy that's that close and that has very realistic uh number three starter Potential uh, teams just rarely give those guys up, so i'd I'd be surprised. I mean, the the Braves are maybe the one team that can afford to trade from their pitching. Like, if if a guy like uh, Madison Bumgarner were to become available, I could see maybe the Braves making uh, some of their top arms available in a deal like that. But uh, I don't really know why the Indians would do that. I mean, they're they're really set up nicely here. Uh, they they might have to sign a, a reliever or two on the the free agent market, but um yeah i mean it kind of goes to show too like i just i just mentioned uh shane bieber he wasn't even drafted in this exercise so yeah you don't have to you know if you're doing a draft or a uh you know one of those 50 teams set it and forget it type of nfbc leagues you aren't even guaranteed to, to draft all the guys that are going to end up being relevant and you always have to be paying attention on the waiver wire because those guys uh, will pop up i mean i was not expecting him to be up this year and he made an impact
2: yeah man and that, yeah the, the four workhorses they have then you have a guy like bieber too it's pretty insane but i don't think you know we talked about the injuries to pitching and how inherent that is given the nature of pitching but um they've been so fortunate this year to have those workhorses it's not something you can bank on year after year having all your your top four stay healthy and turn in you know full seasons um so i also had Bo burrows franklin killamay let's not talk about that anymore uh you got bueller that kind of single-handedly you know him and a few others won well uh, most of these pitching categories
1: yeah i i needed him though um You know so just yeah we kind of danced around it but i won innings by a really big margin i only had one of my one of my 10 guys didn't reach the big leagues mitch keller who was my last pick uh and i won strikeouts and wins by a big margin just because of the you know the amount of guys i had and the amount of guys you had uh was actually more competitive than i thought i was going to be after adding everything up in era had an era under four had a whip just under one three and a lot of that was just due to the fact that i had bueller at 132 innings from bueller uh had decent production from guys who spent most of their time in the bullpen most note most notably corbin burns i mean this this really shocked me when i was adding all this up corbin burns had seven wins this year in thirty six innings as a reliever. Yeah, that's crazy. Um and that's I mean he was awesome. I mean I, obviously I watched him a lot as a as a Brewers fan. He was, you know, kind of quietly their right handed Josh Hader out of the bullpen. They've been using him a lot when they need uh big outs in the kind of seventh and eighth inning range and then there's a lot of uh a lot of righties coming up and you know he just he really kind of looks the part, and you know it made sense that they used him in a relief role this year. Uh, I think that they probably stretch him out though next year, uh, heading into spring training um, and he could be a guy to just kind of keep in mind when you 're doing those uh, early season mocks before all the sort of rankings and everything get out there. you know if you get a guy like Corbin Burns with your last pick and in kind of a deep mixer. Uh, I think that could really pay off and and at the very least we know that he's capable of being a a really serviceable reliever, so it was, it was kind of the combination of burns and Bueller that made it even close at all in the ratios mm-hmm. for me but um you know I had some had some uh, blow up guys too I mean I had uh, Tyler Malley who was uh i thought it looked promising at times especially in the first half but really just kind of fell off a cliff and yeah, then i don't know uh, what happened to him colby allard i had who gave up uh, 11 runs in eight innings so yeah i had some had some whiffs as well <laughs> yeah i mean
2: soroka he was he looked promising early on but he had that injury and uh but back to burns one just for a quick second you mentioned hater and you know we were saying the same things about hater um before he kind of stuck in the bullpen permanently, if you had to maybe put odds on his chances of sticking in the bullpen long term, what do you think like
1: burns yeah uh, I would say like thirty percent i really it's it 's sort of a different type of deal i think um burns burns has the stuff to start and he's got the body to start he's got the command to start uh i know at times it the numbers weren't that pretty this year but he was at colorado springs so i wouldn't wouldn't read too much into that you just i mean you kind of look at the way this brewers team's built they need to develop starting pitching and i think that he's their best bet at doing that at least in the upper levels of the minors so um they really just i they don't need a a right-handed reliever like him i mean they sure they could use it like i mean maybe this time next year they're they move him back to the the bullpen and he is a weapon for them there but you know they they're the guys they had in their rotation i mean it you'd be you'd have a hard time convincing me burns couldn't be at least as effective as most of those guys next year
2: interesting well before we move on to the hitters a quick note from our sponsor fantasy baseball fans are still a weekend left to play on fanduel see i didn't say spring training this time (laughs) uh fanduel offers the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball no matter what you're looking for fanduel the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind something for everyone tons of different contests and formats to choose from starting at just 25 cents pick a contest choose your team and enjoy watching your results in real time play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes by the way, how did you do in the, the follow-up to the FanDuel football uh, oh, my, after
1: your Oh, my long-awaited uh, defense of yeah. that, that FanDuel football title. Um, I did not do well at all. Yeah. You know, classic, you know, came crashing back to earth. Classic letdown. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. I got, you know, my head got a little big. I, I really started to believe the hype and, uh, yeah, came, yeah, came I, crashing down.
2: I think I finished, like, right smack dab in the mid-20s, pretty much middle of the pack. All, all three weeks so far uh, but you can uh, take advantage of our special offer for new users sign up today at Fandle.com slash RW get a free six-month Rotowire wire subscription which will give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle just visit Fandle.com slash RW void where prohibited on to the hitters that we drafted James we'll start with yours Clint Frazier um, obviously we did this before they got Stanton and before these these head issues this concussion scare long before that popped up uh, only 34 bats for him in the major leagues how how far has this stock fallen realistically long term
1: uh really far <laughs> you know if you're in <clears throat> there, are cert- there I mean there are certain keeper leagues and even certain shallower dynasty leagues where i mean i I don't know I you'd probably want to be patient with him but the concussion stuff really scares me and the playing time situation really scares me and I just, I can't see a team giving the Yankees enough in a trade for him to where they would want to move him. Um, Maybe next year's trade deadline, he's healthy and and isn't missing time with the head stuff and they can get something for him at the deadline or or maybe they even still think that he's got a, a spot for them long term but i yeah I, I mean he's he's really cratered
2: yeah and lewis brinson in that same boat he's been better um though in september how much is the improvement in september kind of
1: swayed you um from what he did earlier in the year it's it's great i mean i always i always expected him to you know the worst lewis brinson was going to be was what he was in the first half i mean that was kind of always going to be the case the thing that worries me is that he's attempted just three stolen bases in 106 games and you know i mean i know his his stolen base totals kind of trickled off uh later on in his his minor league career but you know he's a guy that had plus grades on the speed coming up and Just doesn't really seem to be a part of his game anymore kind of the same way that a guy like nick williams or a guy like george springer kind of just sort of shed that aspect of their their profile now you're looking at you know if if he was going to hit like 240 but you knew he was going to attempt you know 25 steals over a full season that's something that you could live with but if he's only going to hit you know 230 240 next year and all you're getting is the the power numbers that's a lot tougher of a proposition for me. So I i can't really see myself investing in Brinson in any redraft leagues next year. I do think there will come a time where he hits enough uh and gets to enough of that power that he that he is a guy that we're looking at in mixed leagues. But I think next year's just gonna be another kind of developmental year where he's making adjustments.
2: Ryan McMahon, Derek Fisher, Willie Calhoun, all guys who really spent most of the year in the minors didn't really get uh much of a chance um uh, mcmahon has the most at bats of the bunch but just a 181 glaber torres though wow what a season he's had and the thing is that i kind of love is he got off to such a great start he's kind of fizzled a little bit and i feel like he's getting lost in the shuffle a little bit in the uh not later rounds of course but like in that where, early where, to mid-range
1: yeah where have you been seeing him coming off the board because I yeah, this is something we've kind of mentioned a couple times now on the pod where everyone just wants to talk about Juan Soto and Vlad and Acuna and everything, and that's awesome. But uh, you know, two or three months ago, Glaber Torres was to me like kind of when I I think when I did my All Star Break uh, Dynasty rankings, uh, he was only you know two or three spots off of Juan Soto, and I just think that he's there's just no way he's not going to be a value to me in drafts next year yeah so
2: i just loaded up the two early mock data thanks again to justin mason friends the fantasy benefits and uh, fan graphs and Samada for running this spreadsheet labor tours right now early adp here is 61.8 you know, he's gone as high as 48 i think come march in the a- nfbc uh, it's going to be higher than that earliest pick so far in this too early month.
1: man that's tough i i was i guess i was hoping you were going to say it was a little bit lower than that um
2: still seems like i mean still seems like a really good value
1: yeah it It. it is i i would uh you know he so he's hitting 275 right now getting on base at a 343 clip uh i think he's got a chance to hit 285 next year 290 and i think he could push for 30 homers so yeah i mean I, I get it in that range that's just generally sort of a spot where i'm probably going to be taking a pitcher. but um yeah i mean he's he's a guy that's going to chip in in, in all five categories he's got six steals on eight attempts this year if he plays a full season maybe he gets up to 10 steals and yeah he's he's really intriguing to me um I was sort of hoping you could maybe get him outside of the top 60 but doesn't sound like that's the case
2: yeah i guess one consolation there is you know if you do take a pitcher in that range you could wait 100 plus picks later and maybe get willie (laughs) Adamus. it's kind of crazy that he's not getting more attention for his kind of half season that he's put together uh above league average i think a 108 wrc plus good power and speed you know i think Obviously, I think Gleyber Torres is a better player and more power. But you know, in terms of overall contributions, five by five roto, maybe there won't be a, a huge difference because Adamus will help makes up some of that ground with the stolen bases.
1: Well, and Adamus, so I, I think this is important to point out. Earlier in the season, he came up for a minute, got sent back down. Then he missed uh, you know week ten days with an injury, and since he returned on July twenty second. He's been hitting two ninety seven, three seventy nine, four thirty eight with the uh, seven homers and five steals. So, um you know he he's gonna swing and miss. You know I think that 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 average is unrealistic to expect expect next year. I would expect something more in kind of like the the two sixty five range. But the there's room for a ton of growth in the power department and it's just awesome to see that he's even running at all because he's not a plus runner. He's more kind of like an average to slightly above average runner. And if he continues to just run at this clip next year, I mean, we could be looking at a guy that hits 20 plus homers steals 10 to 12 bases. And like you said, he's, he's going dirt cheap. Yeah. And he's doing that while batting primarily like in the
2: bottom third of the order. So good to see. You. I, I, he's still sitting out there in the 17th round of my too early mock and I'm you know, hoping i get him i just think you know it's unrealistic to think he'd be even outside the top 150 probably come
1: come uh february and march yeah he's a guy that uh you and i i think are going to be in the same uh first pitch draft again this year and i would bet a lot of money that Adamus is going to go to one one of the two of us yeah i'm pretty positive of that one guy though kind
2: of on the other end of the spectrum another infielder scott kingery is he a guy that you're going to be in on and maybe as like a last pick type of guy to see what happens or have you seen enough this season to be like
1: well he's just not who who we thought he was uh, you know maybe a little bit of both just because i he's going to be so cheap um and I, th- there is still speed there there is still power there it's just it hasn't been pretty at the plate for him this year and yeah i i guess i would probably fade him long term i mean i've i've gotten a lot of questions about like kingery or this prospect kingery or or this prospect and i mean you got to get pretty close to like the 100 range of my top 400 for me to start thinking about kingery over these prospects that are getting thrown out uh his stock has really sort of fallen that far for me and i mean the approach is just it's not great right now but yeah if, if we're talking about you know a league like maybe our stake league like an 18 team mixer and i can get him in the reserve round which i think is a realistic possibility then i'm i'm interested if we're talking about a uh draft draft and hold league where we're taking where there's 50 rounds like the one we're going to do in arizona i think he absolutely needs to be taken especially because of the positional versatility in a format like that but uh in your your typical like 15 team standard league i i really think he should go undrafted yeah you know i
2: was grabbing some shares late this past draft season and didn't work out but i don't regret it because i think the strategy is sound you see a guy who's on the verge of getting a regular opportunity plausible upside the investment cost is basically nil you know one of your last picks um you know having hits like that throughout the season like bueller and some others i mean you're gonna have a few scott Kingeries if you're gambling with your bench spots like that it's just the nature of the game
1: yeah absolutely
2: now some of um my hitters you also had eloy jimenez obviously just kept down for service time issues dustin fowler was a disappointment uh, but I want to get into some of these hitters on my squad. Ronald Acuna, probably my one good pick besides Flaherty. Victor Robles, we know he was just down, not really needed. He was also hurt um, hurt in spring training. He's been really good since yeah. coming up, though. Four hits yesterday. That pretty impressive. Austin Hayes, that was a whiff. But Jesse Winker, he's kind of in that mix, too, where it's like probably even more so than Adamus, probably because yeah. he's an outfielder and he doesn't run. going to be discounted and certainly is at this stage more than he should be
1: yeah i'm uh really interested to just see how cheap i can get jesse winker next year because i want to i want to just try to pull up um some split data on him because you know you uh, you obviously know you watched him play almost every day he did not get off to a great start and there were some you know there was reason to be a little bit concerned about about winker uh, but, He's
2: for no power early on, right? That like was no homer until like May
1: fifteenth, right? That was the the really crappy thing. Um, but after June first, in forty one games, he hit three sixty two, four sixty five, five fifty four with six homers, and that was they were playing him pretty much every day at that point. Uh, really started to to get into his zone and yeah you're you're not getting any speed he's not a good defender uh he's but painfully slow right it's hard to fathom the the power in and the batting average and the on-base skills though i think are you know i mean he, he's not going to hit like 35 homers but i think he over a full season could hit 25 and i think the batting average i mean he legit you could draft him outside the top 250 maybe even later than that and he could hit over 300 as an everyday player i mean those those guys are just tough to find he kind of reminds me a little bit of like Corey dickerson in terms of just what you're going to get from him uh but are like how concerned are you about the shoulder surgery impacting his performance early on next year
2: um i think it's a concern i i just keep thinking of a guy like michael conforto who maybe have been maybe he was rushed back um yeah, Red- i think i mean it may take a while for him to find his footing it's a concern
1: yeah the i mean the reds the reds definitely should not rush him back they 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 should wait like a month after they think he's ready is mm-hmm. when they should bring him back because uh i mean they got they got guys they got guys that can play out there <laughs> S- yeah. scotty shebs hey. philly Irvine
2: yeah i Irvine said a skid by the way yeah yeah yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see this off season, especially given bob castellini's meddling with the team management this year what they do with billy hamilton like i feel like he should be non-tendered especially after he made like four and a half mil this year you don't get a pay cut in arbitration so he's going to make it at least that much next year um, i think they should non-tender him but i don't know if they're going to be allowed to well yeah hey it, you got to develop your your pitching
1: it would be pretty wild for him to be non-tendered after he was not traded because <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely could have gotten do, they but, could have uh, gotten like obviously they weren't going to get a prospective note but they could have gotten like a rookie level arm for him at the mm-hmm. deadline i mean you, you've got guys like terrence gore uh impacting games in september i mean there there would have been contenders that would have loved to carry billy hamilton on the their playoff rosters and they just decided they needed to hold him so it would be it would be pretty shocking if they non-tendered him
2: yeah i want to know i hope you know in 20 years a book comes out detailing all of bob castellini's meddling how many <laughs> trades he turned down for hamilton i know he turned down one last offseason and then again at the deadline so I just want to know what else he's done. What other, like the whole Matt Harvey stuff? Like how did they not just get like a
1: ham sandwich for him? Like I don't know. I mean, that, the Nats got a ham sandwich for Gio Gonzalez. Yeah,
2: I mean, just any, <laughs> just get him off the payroll. It's crazy, man. We'll see, but uh, I'm also really interested in that managerial search, but we'll
1: put that on hold for now. Are you um, you're not bummed that uh, they didn't extend Jim Riggleman like the Cardinals? <laughs> Extended Mike Schilt after like 30 games.
2: <laughs> Man, I keep seeing like how Riggleman hopes the Reds lift the interim tag. It's like, yeah, no <laughs> shit. Like, of course he's hoping that. They better not though. It's not going to be Barry Larkin. He's been a guy I've been hoping for for a while. But it sounds like down the road that's what's going to happen. They're going like to groom him for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're going to groom him. They're going to let somebody else take the lumps over the next five years, and then. then hopefully he takes over but uh back to this list here jp crawford i mean trumpet
1: sad trumpets that's i mean maybe not in the past calendar year but in the past like say three years uh i can't think of a young player whose stock has fallen more than his i mean that's a team that doesn't have any good defenders really anywhere and he can't get on the field (laughs) i mean he's just not a I always thought he was extremely overrated as a real life prospect. I think like sometimes uh you'll see shortstops that you know shortstops get ranked super high just because nobody really believes in anyone else to be like the number 1 or number 2 prospect and you know we we never had him ranked that high as a fantasy prospect, but even I didn't see this as a as a potential outcome for him.
2: Yeah, Kyle Tucker, I know you were adamant earlier in the season that you weren't putting any stock at all into his struggles. Is is that where your mindset's still at, where it's like, you know, he
1: crushed AAA and he just needs his first full opportunity? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have a lot of Kyle Tucker next year. Uh, he had, I was adding this up, I had to, like, triple check this. He had 10 runs and just eight hits this year, uh, which, I mean, he, oh, was sco- yeah. he was scoring... Like eighty percent of the time, he got on base, which is obviously not sustainable, but just uh, interesting, fluky interesting, fluky stat. But yeah, I mean, Kyle, Kyle Tucker, top ten prospect for me still. Uh, would love to buy low on him in a dynasty league. Would love to get him. I mean, he might go. Like, who do you think goes higher in drafts next year, Kyle Tucker or Jesse Winker? that's a good question
2: um i almost feel like winker because he at least when he played had had some success
1: and that's that's typically how the redraft crowd is going to operate right Mm -hmm. like they're they're not going to buy into a prospect with pedigree when they look at the numbers and they're that bad you know i mean like uh and i was quick to write off aaron judge but i mean after aaron judge's debut year i mean he was going outside the top 300 undrafted in, in some leagues and Uh, I don't think Kyle Tucker's going to be undrafted in 15 team mixers, but he might not get drafted as a starter. You might be able to draft him and just stash him on your bench and see what happens. And and if I can do that, I'll be all over that because he, he will run. Uh, he, like I said, he had the, the eight hits in 58 at bats, uh, still had, had a steal. Uh, if he's able to, and and like, you look at what like Josh Reddick did this year. I know they still owe him money, uh, I mean, he was he was not great, especially for a team with, with those kind of aspirations. I think Kyle Tucker's probably a better player than Josh Reddick by May or June next year. And if he were to get every day at bats starting on June 1st, I think he could get to maybe 15 homers, 15 steals, something like that. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm all in on getting Kyle Tucker dirt cheap next year.
2: Yeah, and we talked about a guy like Willie Adamas, uh whose price will probably gradually move up throughout the winter but i feel like tucker will remain pretty cheap at least until spring games get underway and he may be crushing um franklin Bretto, is he kind of in that range with crawford and frazier where it's like the stock has fallen so much you don't really see him salvaging a ton from his career
1: yeah i just don't especially when you look at where the a's are as a organization like I mean they're not really rebuilding anymore right like they're they're re- they're ready to try to make this a thing with their their current uh nucleus and I just don't really think Barto fits into that all that well um they have guys like you know I know Jorge Mateo had a miserable year at AAA, a but um, he's still a guy that's kind of hanging around uh They've got. Um, just hold on a second. They have Richie Martin is a guy that I've, I don't think we've ever talked about on the show, but he's a, a shortstop. They have a double A who really had a great year. Uh, he's a guy that's kind of a borderline top two hundred prospect. He's a, a better defender than Barreto. Uh so he's coming. And you know they might bring back Jed Lowry. I could see them bringing back Jed Lowry on like a one year deal. I can't imagine there's going to be a ton of people that want to give him more than a one-year deal and i think that he was a really good fit there so yeah i i Beretto, I, I don't know of those three barretto crawford Fraser. who's fallen further but i mean i'm not going to be rostering any of those guys in, in 2018 redress so between the last two guys i took jake bowers and
2: Kristen stewart who are you feeling better about for 2019 because Bowers has hit him.
1: yeah. I think like... I'm feeling better about Stewart just because I feel better about the playing time. Yeah, because I mean the Rays at every single position have just studs coming, yeah. and a lot of those guys are at AAA, uh, Do they? They already have four really, really good outfielders for three spots, and so Bowers, I, I can't see him playing any outfield next year. Um. Uh, I, it's it's just i think he, he probably starts the year maybe as the opening day first baseman or at least on the on the strong side of a platoon but i don't think he's going to have a, a ton of job security especially if if uh, nathaniel lowe's hitting at triple a and like you said he's really hit a wall i don't know what like what would you what would be a good outcome for Bowers next year? Like, Because I, I think Stewart could easily hit 25-plus homers and, and get on base at like a 330, 340 clip.
2: Yeah, and Bowers could see fewer at-bats than he saw this season. I yeah. mean, if he continues to struggle like he's been, I mean, things go well for him. I mean, I think you're still looking at like 15 to 18 homers, kind of a middling average, middling counting stats, because they're going to mix and match every day in mm-hmm. that lineup. And I just i think the counting numbers will will drag
1: yeah like yeah with with stewart he could get to like 550 at bats next year (laughs) like that's that's in play just because how bad that team is and (laughs) he's uh, been all right i don't think the batting average is ever going to be much higher than like 250 which is why i don't have him ranked very high um and he's such a bad defender that you know if they ever get some quality options to challenge him in there. He could start to lose out on on playing time, but next year I think he's a, a very sneaky source of twenty five homers. Nice. Well, so to
2: recap, I won batting average, ERA, and WHIP. You won everything else: runs, RBI, homers, <laughs> stolen bases, innings, K's, and wins. So you crushed me. Nice work, James. That is why you are the best. But uh, before we sign off for the season, and we'll be on again in about a month after our trip to arizona well we
1: should yeah we'll do one after that i know we should maybe do this uh, exercise again for next year but like we'll have a goof uh, yeah yeah it's it's always always a fun
2: little exercise yeah for sure but what i wanted to ask you is i saw you tweet a picture or a video rather of your recent trip to mexico city you were at arena mexico and as a wrestling fan i was very jealous kind of a legendary spot what kind of grades would you slap on that experience oh man
1: uh let's see I would, luchadors looked like they were bringing it. oh yeah i mean the the wrestling in terms of entertainment value um it was really really awesome like i i was it was non-stop just like jumping up and down like ra- ra- high stuff. fives like i mean we were we were just loving every second of it so i would i would probably throw a a 70 on just the uh spectator experience mm-hmm. uh the you know that there was this really really gross beverage that they were serving uh that was like it was like a bloody mary but it was beer instead of vodka and then there would be this kind of gross slimy goo on the side of it Mm -hmm. uh i'm sure that i'm sure it's got a name i just know that i i bought like the first round for one of the guys i was sitting next to he went and got the second round and brought one of those back and i was just like what the hell is this and so i mean i'll I'll put a a hard 20 on whatever that beverage is called um i bought a a headband you know one of those glitter glittery headband things um and i would commemorate I would th- the trip i would throw maybe a 50 on that headband uh <laughs> i would i would throw a uh a 20 on how much i remember of the the rest of the evening <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah that makes, makes perfect sense but yeah that that clip was awesome man i was i was happy you got to go to that i want to go to arena mexico at some point as well but uh, great stuff throughout the season we really appreciate the inside james we'll be back with you guys in about a month thanks for listening to the roadwire prospect podcast sponsored by FanDuel.